to Leitner. Puts it up. You're listening to the Culture State Podcast. Get ready. Woo! I ended up going to military school because I felt like maybe it was an opportunity for me to play ACC ball and Wake Forest definitely showed some interest. They just told me I needed to prove on a couple of things as far as like I, I played center in high school and I, I was gonna become a guard in college. So I had to completely change my game within eight months to get a scholarship to go to Wake. Back with another episode of the Culture State Podcast. I am Chris Lee from WRAL. Over there is my man. I'm looking at him through the glass right here because we could be in person together. Yes. My man, D.C., from right here at 99.9 The Fan. I grew up in Virginia, right by UVA, and everything I knew growing up, college sports, college basketball. Mm. We get to talk to one of the best ever to play in the ACC today. You know, I, I was literally about to ask you, um, what was one of your first memories of the ACC or one of the first players that, that really made an impression of you in the ACC? Actually, it came in football. The big ACC moment I remember was when University of Virginia upset Florida State. It okay. was the Warwick Dunn getting stopped at the one-yard line okay. or at the goal line, I should say. I kind of think he was in, but don't tell UVA fans <laughs> that. He was stopped short. By God, he was stopped at the 50, if you ask UVA fans. But that was probably the big first memory yeah. that came about. And I remember Virginia football, actually, believe it or not, in the early 90s was actually one of the top teams in the country. And they kind of now they're Virginia football. And so it's one thing that I always remember. But watching the quality of basketball that would come in, yeah. when I played – just YMCA youth basketball in middle school. We actually had UVA students that were our coaches. And I remember one of my coaches saying they bought season tickets under the basket just so they know for one half of one game they could watch Tim Duncan. Mm. That was the reason why. They would sell off the rest of their tickets for the most part. They would go to, like, UNC games, those kinds of things. But it was to watch Tim Duncan play. And that always stood out to me. So my very first, you know, I, I do remember the back-to-back championships from Duke. And then I do remember because I lived in Greensboro and, and Wake Forest was close. You know, everybody talking about Tim Duncan and, and Randolph Childress. Yeah. Um, but when I really, really started, like, understanding the rivalries, um, that's around the time uh, when, you know, uh, Jerry Stackhouse was at Carolina and uh, really just kind of putting it on Duke and everything. And then uh, by the time I, I got really into it, I was starting to get in high school, and you start hearing about more people who are from the triad starting to play and getting good. Before it was Brendan Hayward, who was from Greensboro, went to Dudley High School, goes to UNC. And then the next biggest player um, that was from our area was Josh Howard. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you just always heard about – how good this guy was or whatever. And it was like, man, if he could really get it together, he can go somewhere one day. And um, when he came to Wake Forest, there's a lot of expectations on him. And I feel like he lived up to those expectations for sure. Well, when, when you're the ACC player of the year, I'd say you lived <laughs> up to those expectations for sure. And when you're a first-round draft choice. Yep. And uh, when you, after your first-round draft choice, you're an NBA All-Star for at least one year. I mean – what else can you ask for? Not much. <laughs> I mean, maybe an MVP. That's I mean, but the, he played those. with Dirk though, so you know, oh, yeah, Dirk, you know, Dirk yeah. is going to get that. Yeah, Dirk's going to get that for sure. <laughs> but he was, but being from the triad, he was that next in line. And then guess who followed right after him was Chris Paul. Right, was the next one in that group. I think Josh Howard crawled so Chris Paul could fly. 
<laughs> Marking that down. We're going to play that for Chris Paul because we're going to get him on the show at some point. That's, we're going to make this happen. Yeah. I'm going to speak it into existence. Gonna hang up and we're going to play this. Yeah. And then we're not going to have an episode. But uh, but no, no, Josh Josh is amazing. He's an amazing guy. Mm-hmm. And so I'm glad that we're going to get a chance to uh, talk to him today uh, on Culture State. What are some of his you know favorite memories from uh, the ACC and all the different uh, teams that he's gone against and you know, just all the things he's done in his basketball career. Really fun, fun guy. And I think he's uh, one of those guys that uh, people will be surprised just how much they're probably going to really like him. But before we get to Josh, we have a new debut segment here on Culture State. It's called the Karis and Daddy Show. It's featuring my three-year-old daughter, Karis Lee. The Karis and Daddy Show. So, Karis. You happy to be on radio like you hear in the car? Like, now people can hear you. Yeah, because I just want you to be in Daddy. You want to be like Daddy? Yeah. Should we record this so Mommy can hear it later? Yeah, because I trying to talk to this one because I wanted to talk to you. You trying to talk to me? Yeah. What do you want to talk about? Because the wheels is there. And now I just want to hear you to watch by, and now I just talk to you. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Are, are you nervous that people could probably hear you in their cars? Yeah. It's, you're, you're nervous? Why are you nervous? Because I'm not nervous. I'm just going to hear people in the car, and I see. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite song? My favorite song is Elsa. And what's your favorite color? My favorite color is yellow. Your favorite color is yellow. Yeah. And who do you love the most in the world? I love it because I love it. No, who? What person do you love the most? This one. You love Dennis the most? Yeah. You don't even love Daddy the most? I did love it. <laughs> <laughs> I win. (laughs) The Karis and Daddy Show, part of the Culture State Radio Network, available wherever Karis and Daddy are found. All right, it's another episode of the Culture State Podcast, another great interview for us right here. And uh, I've got a longtime friend, um, Josh Howard from... Uh, you know, you knew him from playing in the NBA. You knew him from being an NBA uh, all-star. You knew him from Wake Forest and uh, just a cool guy. Currently uh, head men's basketball coach at UNT Dallas and uh, about to start off their season doing some great things. Josh Howard on the line. How are you doing today, sir? Oh, man, I'm good. How about yourself? <laughs> I'm good. Thank you so much for doing this. Um, Dennis, I want to give you a quick background. Please do. Uh, with me and Josh, I don't even know if Josh knows this part. So okay. I was, when I, when I was in high school, um, mm-hmm. I was a part of the Greensboro News and Records Minority Journalism Workshop. And so the summer that Josh was uh, drafted to the NBA, I was shadowing uh, a, um, a reporter from the Greensboro News and Record. And they, he took me over to Wake Forest. He's like, oh yeah, we just got something to do at Wake Forest. And I pull up and it's Josh Howard's press conference I think either right before the, the draft or either right after the draft. 
uh, yeah. on campus. And so I met Josh for the first time. Um, yeah. It was right there at the bottom of the Miller Center when I was in high school. Yep. And I just walked up to him and just, you know, just introduced myself. And he was super nice. Time goes by a little bit. I'm working with 102 Jams. And I meet Josh again plenty of times uh, in that instance. Um, and yeah. he was like literally the same same dude. And then later yeah. on, I'm working at WXI. And then now he's back in town, you know, coaching basketball, literally the same guy. So like the same, the same Josh does not change at all. <laughs> literally yeah. the same guy. Nice dude, approachable, have a conversation about anything. And so he's yes, just, and it's, I've seen that from high school up until now. So uh, I thank you, Josh, that, for, for being a part of this. <laughs> yes, sir. I thank you for even, you know, putting that out there like that. That's one thing, you know, my grandma taught me was just to be myself and never change or, you know, falter to anything, man. So that that's just me. Well, I'm kind of jealous. You guys have been best friends for, you know, 15 years, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, man. I've been knowing Chris for a while. Like, see, and I like to mess with Chris about his wrestling career because he likes oh. to talk about me, but Chris had a wrestling career. So oh, I'm fully aware of that. I don't know if you want to put that out there. <laughs> oh, trust me, that has been in conversation before. I'm fully aware of Chris's wrestling career. Oh, my God. Yes, sir. So for me to know that about you, Chris, lets me know that, hey, man, you put everything to the side and you go live your dreams because I'm a wrestling fan. Yeah. So, yes, sir. Yeah, I love you for that one, brother. <laughs> Appreciate it. If I ever step back in the ring, I gotta let you know so you can come see it. Please, yes, sir. <laughs> I will be there. <laughs> hey, we'll get we'll get him ringside. He can be your manager. <laughs> yeah, yes, sir. For sure. I, I think I think Josh can intend intimidate some people. There's not too many six foot seven people out there in wrestling. There you so. go. Yes, sir. Yeah, I will definitely use that height. <laughs> yeah, give me some extra muscle. So first <laughs> off, I, I want to go back to high school, man. Uh, I remember, yes, I think when I was in middle school, elementary school, hearing the name of Josh Howard at Glenn High School, and I, I just I never had a chance to go to high school games when I was that young, but I remember just hearing the name. Yeah. And then um, tell me about, you know, during that time, I mean, right now kids can get discovered so easily through AAU, they can get discovered so easily through the internet, and uh, recruiting is kind of a little bit more open, but a lot of times if you didn't go to like a legacy high school, it's hard for, you to, for people to see you. How did you make your name in high school earlier to where schools like wake forest were looking at you to to bring you on board um i give a lot of that credit to coach cloud you know um, that was my high school coach napoleon cloud and he had a great connect with the city overall of winston-salem and outside you know with him and his um pedigree of coaching and what he's done in the city so um hats off to coach cloud and um just me just sticking to my guns and you know, just enjoying the game I played in high school. Um, I played for Tri-City. I think that's kind of how the word got around. And also, you know, my I guess you could say I had a fan base, kind of like, you know, the high school kids have nowadays. So mm -hmm. I think a lot of people really enjoyed hearing my name as far as, like, what I did. And then um, I would, I would kind of say, like, kind of how you introduced me. Like, that's just how I am to anybody. And I think a lot of people appreciate that in me. Just being genuine, being somebody I like to say that you can really like literally touch and don't feel like I'm going to come back at you with an attitude or anything like that. So for me to be able to have that type of demeanor where people feel comfortable and want to support me speaks a lot. So I was just thankful to be able to do that, you know, as a high schooler. How important was it for you to stay home in terms of your college decision? Um, well, honestly, I don't think a lot of people knew this. I was almost going to sign to Appalachian State. Um, mm. they showed the most interest, yeah, coming out of high school. And granted, a lot of people knew I went to military school, 
but App State Coach Buzz Peterson definitely recruited the hell out of me. Excuse my language, but um, I ended up going to military school because I felt like maybe it was an opportunity for me to play ACC ball and. Wake Forest definitely showed some interest. They just told me I needed to prove on a couple of things as far as, like, I, I played center in high school and I, I was going to become a guard in college. So I had to completely change my game within eight months to get a scholarship to go to Wake. So, um, yeah, I just took – I accepted the challenge and just, you know, took off with it. What was that like? I mean, because also when you were at uh, Hargrave, uh, Kevin Keats was on that staff. Um, mm-hmm. you know, current NC State head coach, you know, what was that like just changing from from center to, to guard? I mean, it, it was an experience, like an experience that you would want to have to accept. It's not it's not an easy task because like like I said, in high school, I kept my back to the basket a lot. I could probably beat you off the dribble, maybe three dribbles. And then after that, I knew to pass it because I was still kind of clumsy <laughs> <laughs> and a little silly. So, you know, I had to get my coordination together. But um, coach Keats, like you say, was a heck of a coach. Coach uh, Tom Shepard was the head coach, and he had coached at Virginia a couple of years. And uh, um, I think after I bag on uh, graduated from Wake Forest, but um, just the overall coaching staff that we had that was able to propel me to be a guard and be a, a great guard at Wake, you know, it's just it was it spoke a lot, man, because it, it's tough. Like you got to learn how to dribble, come off screens, read screens. Um, I think the best part for me is that I already had a mid-range game, so it helped me as far as, like, my pull-up game, which, as you can tell, like, that was my favorite shot all the way to the NBA. Yeah. If I could just get you driving back, I'm going to pull up quick as hell so I can knock down the two <laughs> points and get back on defense. <laughs> I, I was going to ask, you know, growing up in, in North Carolina in, in a triad specifically, um, with you and Chris making yourself very visible in the triad, Michael yeah. Jordan, you know, being who he is now, making himself visible, um, and then, you know, so many different people, you know, John Wall makes himself visible in the RDU area and so many other players. Who were the, the go-to players for you to look up to um, that kind of gave you that influence or let you know, like, hey, this is possible or I can play on the next level? Oh, man, it wasn't players. I'm going to tell you who it was. It was Clarence Big House Games. Mm. Um, being from Winston-Salem, growing up right down the street from Winston-Salem State, I definitely had several opportunities to meet him. Going into high school, like to hang the net over there, rest, rest, rest in peace to him and uh, Coach Art. Um, just being around those type of men who, you know, wanted to see great things from the young men in the community. Um, that that was my real inspiration as far as like just looking up the people. Um, I can't say Joe Smith out of Maryland was a player that I looked up to coming out of high school. When he was in college, I felt like I kind of looked like him at, at times. <laughs> and then just the way he played the game, you know, I just I just enjoyed watching him play. So um, if I had to, like, really pick one person coming when I was in high school that I looked up to outside of Clarence Big House games, it was uh, Joe Smith. He's actually, you know, Stephen A. Smith played at uh, Winston-Salem State and Winston-Salem was State. his coach. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah. Big, Big House games has a he has a huge name in Winston-Salem. Yeah, his history, uh, where they won the Division II uh, uh, championship from like 76 or somewhere around that yeah. time. But, I mean, just the history he has, you know, with basketball in the area, you know, like that 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 was probably my main guy I looked up to, like I said. So I, I want to talk about your ACC days, and I know that there is, you know, plenty of stories that you have between going against Duke, Carolina, NC State, and that, uh, that mm-hmm. North Carolina kind of rivalry within the state uh, between all the ACC schools. 
I remember yeah. going through some old footage when I was over at WXI and seeing that game at UNC. And it was like a game where you just absolutely went off and, and Wake Forest uh, yeah. ended up getting that win. What are some of your favorite ACC memories uh, from, you know, the big four schools? Um, that Carolina game was one that you're saying because um, we never expected to beat them by that many points, you know, especially with the the reputation uh, Carolina has is not, you know, being a team that you can just go into Dean Dome and win. So that that definitely was probably top three right there, just going in there and beating them the way we did. Um, my senior year probably stands out the most to me because preseason we were slated to be the last team in the ACC, but ended up being the ACC champions outright. And that was the first time that that had been done. So I think David Thompson's team at NC State. So that type of history and being able to do that, you know, with a team of five freshmen. And I think I was the only senior. And I think we had like three juniors and like maybe like two sophomores, you know, and Coach Prosser, like he knew how to coach us up. So, mm-hmm. you know, my senior year was definitely big um, as far as like the memories. Cause like I said, to see the doubt, you know, in the newspapers and all that stuff, Wake Forest is going to be ninth in the conference, you know, and to prove them wrong, you know, just, yeah, and that's a great feeling. So. Uh, I'm trying to think. And when we finally beat Duke, you know, I didn't beat Duke until my senior year. So mm. to to have that come off the plate, you know, was also a, a great feeling because you don't want to go your whole college career where, you know, a school has beaten <laughs> you the whole time. <laughs> so I was able to squeak one out with Duke, but every other team, you know, it was great games, great competition. But, yeah, I want to say my senior year is the most memorable, just being able to achieve what we achieved. I want to get into your coaching career, your your post-NBA playing career, because you came back to Winston-Salem, formerly Piedmont International University, now Carolina University, from being an mm-hmm. ACC player and seeing all the things that top you know, Power 5 schools get in terms of facilities and everything. To go to a, a small college athletics, was that a like a eye-popping experience for you? What was that experience like going from being in the NBA, being in a big-time school, to small-time college um, athletics. Well, it, it was it was an experience that I knew I wanted to to step up and, and try, being that I, um, I've just dealt with, you know, the youth as far as through my foundation and seeing, like, some of the areas where they may be missing things that they need to learn, you know, in order for them to get to college. So when the opportunity presented itself for me to become a college coach, I felt like that was a way for me to use my platform, again, to get some of these young men and women, you know, educated, and get them in school and, and playing basketball and doing something they love as well. So um, Piedmont, or like you say, Carolina University, gave me my first chance. And I always give Dr. Pettit a shout-out because if it wasn't for him coming up to me and telling me that his coach had resigned, I wouldn't have never tried to take the job. I would have probably just left the gym and, you know, would never thought nothing of it. But, again, like I said, ultimate goal for me was to use my platform to to give these young men and women a, a chance to, you know, exceed their life and do something with basketball, you know, kind of like what I did and, and made a, a living out of it. So um, that, that experience at Piedmont was awesome. Um, I got to see my, my freshman who I recruited my first year graduate after I left, you know, this past year, which would have been my fourth year. So that was the awesome feeling to see guys, you know, stick with me for four years and graduate. And I also was able to get some guys to play basketball overseas and make a little money. So that, again, that was my ultimate goal. And, you know, I just love the, the competition. It, it, it's funny because I tell my players, you know, to try to motivate them. 
that the other team is going to always come and ask me for pictures after the game, and that should piss them off because they shouldn't want nobody taking pictures with their coach. So I, <laughs> I enjoy that part of the game too. But I also know that I tell my guys also we have a bullseye on our back because there's a lot of coaches that want to be the former NBA player too. So it's a lot of fun parts to being a coach now that I like to use to motivate my players and also, like I say, to use my platform to make sure my guys have an opportunity after basketball to better themselves. So. I enjoy coaching. I enjoy it. Well, I wanted to like toss it back a little bit, go back to, um, to 2008. And I think this is the time where I really got a chance to, to know you a little bit better. So, Dennis, I was yeah. working at 102 Jams. I was actually an intern at the time. Oh, this is your and second then, like... best friend experience. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. This is, this is you know, based off of the, the first one. So oh. um, it, was, it was an interesting time. My, my birthday had just passed. And I was told that I was going to miss out on the Josh Howard flyout. So, you know, we had a whole thing where he had like, you know, six listeners from the, from the triad area was going to bring a friend with them, go to Dallas, watch them play the New Orleans Hornets versus Chris Paul, which was going to be a big deal for the triad area. And then there was like a personnel change at one of two jams. And I literally get a call that you will. And this is my senior year of college, by the way, I'm about to graduate in like a month. <clears throat> you're going to be the the new morning show producer. So now you have a full-time job and now you're going to fly out Monday to produce your first morning show in Dallas, Texas, as we're going to <laughs> go <laughs> to, to Dallas. And so that was a one, a lot of pressure for me. And then two, you know, I had all of my professors to let them know why I was going to miss, you know, Monday, yeah. Tuesday, Wednesday, and try to get work ahead of time. And then three, now I have to produce all this stuff that's there in Texas. But, you yeah. know, had a chance to hang around hang around Josh and, and see him and, and uh, Chris play each other. And then the access, it was just, it was it was mad cool. Uh, yeah. met, met a lot of people. I uh, had a chance to interview Mark Cuban while we were there. Yeah. And, and so when it comes down to, I think one thing that people don't know about Josh is, is his heart. And, you know, to have people from the triad to be able to, be able to experience that, you and Chris mm -hmm. Paul go against one another, but then also let them into what your life was like at, at the current time. Yeah. Um, you know, how, how fun was that for you to, to always kind of bring home back to where you've been? Yeah, it, it's awesome. Like, like you say, to, to let somebody peek inside my world and see, you know, the things I go through from practice to what I do after practice to like how I have to carry myself when I'm coming to the gym. Cause you know, of course, you know, I can't, you know, act any kind of way, you know, as far as being a professional. So even in my mishaps I had in my professional career, I had to realize quick that I had to correct those mistakes if I wanted to continue to be successful. So it was, it was like a growing up moment. And again, like giving people the opportunity to see into my world. So maybe once they get back home, they can figure out what they need to do to, you know, not necessarily live my life, but live a life that they can, you know, really enjoy and be happy with. So that's what that's what I'm mostly about, you know, just, you know, living the best way I can and, and giving opportunities to those who, you know, need them. So, yeah, that, that wild out fly out when the, the idea came man, that was that was pretty cool. And like I, I didn't Chris do it right after us, too, or like a year. Yeah, or two Chris later, did it the next year. Did it. Yeah, yeah so, Chris did it the next year to New Orleans. To, to, yeah. To even influence Chris to, you know keep that 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 going it was awesome in my book you know and i want to give a shout out to chris paul because he loves giving me shout outs and when he does his interviews and stuff like that so i love my guy for doing that man that's, that's just <laughs> awesome feeling man because 
I know I'm one of the old heads, if not, I guess you could say the old head of Winston-Salem when it comes to being a basketball player. So, you know, my influence on the city, you know, I never really think of it much, but I'm just thankful people think of me like that. So just a blessing. All the high school kids like know you and have have a relationship with you, it seems, because every time yeah. I bring up somebody like who are some of your influence and, and and they'll a lot of times say Josh Howard before anybody. And so that's I always think that's yeah. interesting. And, and that's something that, um, you know, shows like, you know, your your influence on the city. I do want to yeah. ask about, you know, and when Skip Prosser died, I know somebody was very that you were very close with. And, yeah, um, you know, he was someone that, you know, even, you know, at your uh, when I was in high school and I went to, you know, your uh, your draft press conference, um, mm-hmm. he was very nice. I had a chance to meet him there, too. Uh, what yeah. was his impact on you? And when you when he when did die, when did you how did you find that out? And uh, what was your immediate reaction after that? Well, when he passed away, it was the same day I was doing my my free camp in Winston. And um, it's probably about the one thing where I still kind of was upset with my family because he passed away right after he got through running on the track and he was supposed to come talk to my camp that same day right after his track run. Well, nobody had called me or told me until after my camp was over. So I didn't know until after he was already gone, you know. So I still, like, even talking about it now, it's like it was just like it happened yesterday. Um, So, like, when it happened, I... I took off. I ran, got in my car, drove over to the school to see if I could see him, drove over to um, the hospital. And by that point, they had already said, you know, they had already started the process of uh, getting him ready. But um, he he really taught me how to, you know, be or hold myself accountable. Like and understanding that I'm the one that has the final decision on my life and the choices I make Um, just by you know, some of the stories he told us. And um, one of the, one of the biggest things that always stick out, and I'm probably going to tell the story to, you know, my end is he always asks us, you know, it ain't, it's not what you do from three to six, which was our practice time, is what you do from six to three. And that's the time that you're off, you know, and you got to do your work or you got to conduct yourself like an adult. How are you going to handle yourself to better yourself when you come back to practice from three to six? So, you know, with coach always, you know, mentally testing us and trying to figure out if we can push through hard times, it it definitely taught me a lot, you know, as far as like my character and and what I can do as a man. So, you know, that was that was a real question. And it it made me really sit back and think again, like, you know, Coach Prosser really was like a father figure, a real life father figure in my life. And, you know, that's some of the things that I try to instill in like my players and hell, my own kids, you know, is some of the things that he taught me because those are, you know, important factors in my life that got me to this point now. Do you still stay in touch with his family, any? Nah, not really. I did, you know, after the death. But um, I can honestly say I don't – I didn't know how to handle it at that age. So I didn't know, like, sure. me calling them just to check on them was that – you know, maybe hurting their feelings or not. And I, I to this day, I still want to reach out to them. Like, I know uh, the oldest son coaches at Western Carolina. And Scotty, uh, Scotty had a health issue, so I'm pretty sure he's still with mom. But, I mean, to this day, if, if I can get their phone number and if somebody's listening, please send it to Chris uh, and get it over to me so I can get in touch with him because that, that would be awesome just to get in touch with him again and, you know, just talk to him. All right, so now I got to hit up Western Carolina to to let them know Please, that we got to make this thing happen for sure. Yes, sir. Um, yeah. 
I wanted to ask you too, like, what are what are some of the things that um, you know? And I'm not talking about like off the off the court things or whatever in, in your career or anything like that that's been out in, in the public. But like, as far as like dealing with your professional career, what are some of the things that maybe you have like regrets on? Because like you're you're uh, 40 right now. And you still you see like Tom Brady is still doing his thing at 43. LeBron yeah. James is 37. And you were in the yeah. same draft class as LeBron James. Like, yeah. you know, would you what are some things that you maybe would have done differently to either, uh, make your playing career go a little bit longer? Um, to be honest, I don't know, because, you know, my, my career actually ended on me tearing my ACLs. And, you know, yeah. With that being said, a lot of a lot of I guess you say GMs could say I was like damaged goods. I wasn't the same Josh Howard that I was, and then even me knowing like when I played that last year D League in 2014, I knew like my body wasn't the same as far as like trying to keep up with those young guys. So I I, <laughs> I already knew that it was time to transition. That's when I started taking those coaching classes. Not thinking I was going to be a coach. I was really trying to prep myself to be like a um, a scout for the NBA. But yeah. ended up falling into coaching. So, yeah, it was it was more so like that. And I, I understood. I was having kids. Well, not having kids. Like, I have a bunch of kids. But I had my third kid my last year in the league. And, I, you know, it was a stressful thing to me not being able to spend time with my children already. So, for me, it was like a big decision I needed to make. You know, do I want to be a father and like literally be around or do I want to continue, you know, my lifestyle, which, you know, I've enjoyed playing ball. I think that that was my 11th year. I didn't feel like going through the whole process, even though I had tryouts with Sacramento the next summer and then the summer after that, it was New Orleans or vice versa. So I still had an opportunity to play all the way up to 2016, but yeah, I was ready to kind of, you know, live a normal life again and, and just be who I am. Thank you so much for your time today. I really yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much, Josh. Really do appreciate it. Yes, man. I appreciate y'all as well, man. So glad to talk to my dude, Josh. Uh, so many great memories with that guy. Uh, back when I was attempting to be a rapper, I actually gave him a shout out. Oh, in, you did? In one of my songs. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I want to hear the song. Um, I don't have the song, but I remembered a couple bars there. It was, it was him and Chris Paul at the same time. This was probably this was written probably in two thousand nine. You can hear from the references. You want me to do the bars? D- yes, of course I want you to. Okay, I, I, we're on episode what, and you're holding out onto me till now to hear this. I'm a maverick like my dude from the Trey Foe. J-Ho, what it do? No McCain, yo. Or like CP3 in the N-O. If you don't know, my area go. I was talking about the 336 right there. I like it. I was made, and you know, shout out to uh, John McCain, RIP. That was a little, uh, little uh, shout out to him, too. I don't know if you noticed that, too. I'm a maverick like my dude from the Trey Foe. J Ho, what it do? No McCain, yo. Anyway. <laughs> you know, John McCain called himself a maverick. Yeah, yeah. And he played for the Mavericks. Yeah. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm just, this is the first time I've ever heard you rap like, so I'm just, I'm blown away. I'm speechless. I'll give you a full 16 another time. <laughs> but that was like a little quick, you know, a few bars about. Yeah, that's the teaser. I want more. Yeah. I want more show smooth. One day. All right. I'll, I'll do it one day. <laughs> what, were your, what were your thoughts about uh, Josh Howard? <laughs> I, I thought it was amazing how he reflected on Skip Prosser. Yeah. And what Skip Prosser meant to him and what 
his passing, how much that impacted him. Because I know it impacted a lot of people because it was very sudden. And it's impacted that program at Wake Forest, I mean, still to this day. Yeah. But we've everyone who's played sports has had a coach that they re- reflect back on fondly and remember of. It's like, this person changed my life in a good way. And so hearing him talk about that was touching to me. I, I you know what I, I like uh, Dino Gaudio too. He's he's who um, he's one of the assistants under Skip Prosser who took over afterwards. I do think that he wasn't given long enough there at Wake Forest. Mm-hmm. But I always think about if Skip Prosser never died. Yeah, you're talking about a true three headed monster in North Carolina. It'll be Duke, it'll be UNC, and it will for sure be Wake Forest. Yep, because Skip Prosser was just getting. Um, that program to build. I mean, it was already a good program, but it was a program he was starting to take it to the next level. And we probably would have seen Skip Prosser in the NCAA tournament, maybe winning a couple national championships, uh, more Final Fours, things like that, more uh, ACC championships. Um, and Josh Howard would have been, you know, part of the beginning of all that. Yeah, because like we mentioned before, Josh Howard, then C- then Chris Paul right after that, mm-hmm. and then. When young players start to see this, oh, wow, that ACC player of the year is from there. Yep. Oh, then Chris Paul, this guy who's drafted in the top five from yep. that same school, and they came back to back. I want to go play there. I, I want to go to that place. And think about it. It may it may have been different. If, if Skip Prosser is alive today, you have great players that came out of Winston-Salem or the Winston-Salem area like Harry Giles. Mm-hmm. Does he go to Duke or does he, does he go to Wake Forest to yeah. stay at home? Or you think about Jalen Cohn. Does he go to Wake Forest or does he go to Virginia Tech where he is, is right now? So it's uh, you know it's a lot of that that may have made a huge difference. And not only just Winston-Salem, probably you know some of the lot of, lot of guys in Greensboro too. Cam Hayes from, from Greensboro at Jack NC Moore. State right now. Shaquille Moore. Uh, John Newman at Clemson. Maybe he goes to Wake Forest. Who knows if, if Skip Prosser is still there. So, I mean, that's no disrespect to, to the coaches that came after. But Skip Prosser definitely um, – you know, was taking that program in a, in a certain direction. And, you know, Danny Manning was still trying to build from where it dipped to. But, uh, you know, Skip Prosser was 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 getting there. And so um, shout-outs to him and then shout-outs to Josh Howard for giving us this great interview for sure. And shout-out to Karis for our first edition of the Karis and Daddy Show. Shout-out to my baby Karis trying to be a little radio star. And shout-outs to you for giving us five stars when you rate this program right there on your podcast app. We really appreciate that. And when the pandemic is over, you're getting a big hug from us. That's right.